0: Revelations 3 18. And I, I could read the whole verse. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. Anybody been going through the fire lately? How many of you guys went and said, Lord, I want to be put through a fire? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go purchase it. But he says, Come out And buy from me, I counsel you. Notice that. In other words, God is saying, I dare you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. How many of you guys know that God wants to cover up your shame? Let me just say, i hear it right now in the spirit. See, some of us would like to look at people and say, you're uncovered, you've been exposed, dirty you. Look at your pamper. God says, let me cover you so that your shame may be covered, so that your shame will not be revealed. You know that in the Old Testament, by law, those that were crucified or stoned had to be buried immediately. Don't leave them out for open shame. Cover it. The Bible says, cover it with dirt. Cover them, bury them. That's why Joseph from Arimathea went and said, "Give me the body of Jesus, so I can go and cover him and bury him, so he's not out in open shame." And I love this part. And anoint your eyes with eye salve. Anoint your eyes with ointment that you may see. Anoint your eyes with eyes self that you may see. Now, Jesus is speaking to a historical church, the Laodicean church. There was seven churches in the book of Revelation that God specifically said, I see your works, I see your ministry, I see your lamp, I see this. But notice that to the church of Laodicea. Now, the Laodicea, the city of Laodicea, Laodicea was a city that had great exportation of, uh, of business. They had, um, a lot of banking and a lot of, uh, clothing. It was sort of like, um, how many of you guys have been to the downtown district in Los Angeles where, where, where there was merchants of every kind? That is what la- the, the, uh, that That is what Laodicea was. Laodicea was a city that was known discoveries. They had one of the largest and renowned eye clinics or eye hospitals. And there was certain, I guess you could say, apothecaries or Laodiceans that had invented, uh, uh, we could say, maybe for those of you guys that are old school, a remedio. How many of your grandmas used a remedio on you? And when I think about some of the, The remedies my grandparents used on me, I was like an experiment. I can't remember if it worked. Right? They boiled up olive oil and boiled up dirt, heated up dirt. God says, I want you to come to me, buy from me, I salve, so that you may see. There's anointment for you today. There's a remedy for you here today. We're going to anoint you with oil. All the way from the book of Exodus, God gave Abraham the anointing oil. And how many of you guys know that it's the anointing that makes a difference? See, I could come up here and teach and give you positive confession and give you, you know, positive hopeful thinking and thoughts, but it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that God will set you free by. It is the anointing that will teach you something. The Bible says in the book of John, you have an anointing, and that's what we're longing for. Second Chronicles twenty-eight, they have it up there, and I want to read it from my Bible because I have a few emphasis here. And let me explain what's taking place in in Judah. There was a king by the name of Ahaz, and the Bible says that he provoked the Lord to anger, and he weakened. The more, the morality of the people because he said and he offered incense and burned children to the God of Molech, a demon God, that God says, now I'm going to bring Judah against you and, or, or actually I'm going to bring Israel against you and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to bring punishment on you and all the people and you're going to go into captivity because you have set your heart to do evil. And the Bible says that if you read it, the the whole chapter, it says that God punished them for the sins of Ahaz. And the Bible says that God used their brethren, Israel, to do it along with the Assyrians. And when they delivered them, the Bible says that God sent these people to punish them, but then they took their punishment into their own hands, and God says, because not only have I delivered them to your hands, but you've done done what you wanted. I only sent you to do what I sent you to do, not what you set out to do to them. You In other words, they inflicted pain on them and then began to enslave them. God says, because you have done that, your Your sin has reached up to heaven, and now the great wrath of God is on you. But how many of you guys know that it's a game changer when you got a prophet in the midst of them? It's a game changer when the prophetic shows up. So there's all this... Evil taking place. There's all these children be beaten down and enslaved. But a prophet was there. Somebody say, a prophet was there. And his name was Oded. Think of that name for your little boy one day. Oded. Notice this. <laughs> Oded. Thank God it's not spelled D-E-A-D. But, but this is a good name. In in verse nine, it says, but a prophet of the Lord was there, whose name was Oded, and he went out before the army that came to Samaria and said to them, look, because the Lord your God of your fathers was angry with Judah, he has delivered them into your hand but you have killed them in rage that reaches up to heaven. In other words, God says, I let you beat them and give them a couple of slaps, but I you went above and beyond and that now now my fierce wrath, now you can mess with God's people, but God says when when the wrath reaches above heaven, then then you got then then you're going to get God's attention. And then the Bible says in verse 13 that you shall not bring the captives here. This is, this is Oded speaking. Don't bring the captives here, for we have already offended the Lord. You intend to add to your sins and to your guilt, for our guilt is great, and there is fierce wrath against Israel. But watch, look at what verse 15 says. Then the man, are there any men in the house? Are there any spiritual men in the house? How many of you guys know the Bible says, if you see anyone caught in a trespass, those of you who are spiritual, restore such a person. Restore the fallen. Verse 15 says, So all the armed men left the captives and the spoil before the leaders. Then the men who were designated by name rose up, and took the captives, and from the spoil they clothed all who were naked, dressed them, and gave them sandals, gave them food and drink, and anointed them, and they let all the feeble ones ride on donkeys, so they brought them to their brethren at Jericho, the city of palm trees, and they returned to Samaria. You got to go back to what they had just experienced. This enemy army had come that God sent. They slapped them around. They beat them up. They hurt them. They wounded them. And God says, You've done enough. I let you go and punish them, but now you want to enslave them? You want to enslave them? You want to put shackles on their feet? You want to make them your possession? Now, according to Mosaic law, they were forbidden to enslave their fellow brethren. They were forbidden to enslave them. It's a game changer when the prophet shows up. You know what the prophet Oded's name means? The name Oded, you know what it means? Encourager. It means restorer. A prophet rose up, and he said, I'm going to restore you. I know you've been through some hell and high water. I know the enemy has beat you down, and you've heard the curses of the enemy, but my name is Oded. Oded stood up and said, you shall not treat your people this way. And the Bible says he spoke to men by name, and he encouraged them. Oded is here today, and he is saying, "I'm calling out men design- designated by by name." To bring back the captives. We're going to clothe you. We're going to uh, dress you up. I know you've been living in shame. But today God's going to clothe you. I know you've been out there in prodigal living. But you decided to come back home. And the father's going to run to you. And he's going to clothe you. And I know you're wounded and you're battered. And you've been being by the world. But today I'm going to anoint your wounds. I got an eye salve for you. I got a remedio for you. I'm going to rub you down with some anointing. If you leave this place and you walk out of here and you reopen those wounds, and you're telling God that you didn't heal me, and there was a a destruction that came against God's people, and Oded said, it ain't going to happen. There's four things that took place in this verse, and I'm going to give it to you real quickly. Then the men who were designated by name rose up, took the captives, and from the spoil, somebody say from the spoil, from, from what they took from the enemy and what the enemy took from them, they were going to be clothed. In other words, God was going to put the garments of praise back on them. God was going to put the garment of holiness back on them. He was going to take what had been exposed and cover them. In other words, God said, I'm going to restore and I'm going to return dignity back to you. I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to return and restore authority back to you. I'm going to restore authority in your home. I'm going to restore authority in the church. I'm going to restore what the enemy has tried to take from you. It's coming back from the spoils. It don't belong to the devil. It don't belong to him. I'm going to restore your children back to you. They don't belong to them. They don't belong in prison. They will return to you. And God will use the prison to bring back that which he has done. You see, a lot of people think, well, they don't really talk about Elias much. They're ashamed. I am not ashamed. God is doing what he's going to do. Amen. And i tell you what. I felt like getting in the way. But the more I remove myself, God says, I'm going to restore something to you. I'm going to return to you a whole whole other level. Coming back. back, There's another guy in 1 Samuel chapter 11 that rose up against God's people. In 1 Samuel 11, there was a group of people... um, and there was a man by the name of Nahash, not Hash, Nahash. And the Bible says in First Samuel, I gotta turn there because I didn't write it all out. You guys got about ten more minutes. Yeah. yeah. Trying to teach you in First Samuel eleven. Then Nahash, I want you to remember that name. The Ammonite came up and encamped against Jabez-Gilead. These are God's people. Sort of they were out and about, out of Saul's territory. And all the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, notice they're, they're talking to the enemy for protection. Make a covenant with us. Nahash told them, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve you. In other words, this, the, these people wanted, the people of Jabez Gilead wanted protection. And Nahash said, I'll protect you. I'll watch over you. But make this covenant with us. Verse 2 says, and Nahash the Ammonite, notice this wicked guy, answered them, on this condition I will make a covenant with you that I may put out all your right eyes. Some of you have surrendered to the devil for protection, or maybe whatever it is that you've been through, or if you surrendered to that, and he's blinded you in your right eye. Now, he wasn't just taking anybody's right eye. He was taking the man fit for war, their right eye. Now, in these days, they fought with sword and shield or javelin. Sword in one hand and a shield in the other. With one shield, they protected their right eye or their left eye and they fought with their right hand, seeing the enemy with their right eye. So if the shield is supposed to be covering your left eye and you don't have a right eye, then you are a blind soldier. You can't fight. What God said is some of you have given the enemy your eyesight. He's blinded you. He's blinded you so that you can't see. And God said, I want to return your eyesight back to you. I want to anoint you to return your eyesight back to you. You've been stung by a serpent, you've been spit on by a serpent. You know what the name Nahash means? Serpent. I didn't just make that up. Go look at your Bible dictionary. Nahash means serpent. Some of you guys have been hanging around serpents, and these serpents will try to spit on you to try to blind you. As a matter of fact, there is a serpent called the Mozambique, uh, or in Mozambique, Africa, it's called the spitting cobra. They got a video to show you. The spitting cobra. And what this spitting cobra will do is that it will spit out its venom, cause blindness, or to deter you. How many of you guys feel like the enemy has tried to spit on you to deter you from the mission of God, from the vision of God, from the plans of God? He's trying to spit on you and try to blind you so that you can't see. He's a lying devil. He he spit venom in your eyes. And today Jesus says, I counsel to you to buy I sell from me so that you can see. I don't need to be hanging around with any snakes in 2020 that are going to, every time they open out their mouth, they spit venom to try to blind you. There it is. Snakes prefer to conserve their venom. it spreads its hood as a warning. The spitting cobra aims for the eyes. Look at that. The the king of the jungle. It's done. The king of the jungle, the most vicious of animals being spit on by a snake and it will deter... That lion. My Bible says that the righteous are bold as a lion. Some of us lost your boldness because the enemy has spit in your eye. He has deterred you. But today I'm saying I'm coming back and I want some of that eye self on my eyes. God's going to remove the scales from my eye so that I can begin to see again. How many of you guys are troubled that the enemy has taken people's vision? Are you troubled that you've lost vision? I'm speaking spiritually. Aren't you troubled that you're not as committed as you used to be? That you're not as on fire as you used to be? Or maybe you're groping. You don't know which direction to go. You can't see the plan of God. Revelations said, or the book of Proverbs says, my people perish for lack of vision. For lack of vision. People die for lack of vision. Has the enemy spit in your eyes so that you can't see what God is doing? In 2020, I'm asking God to return dove eyes back to you. If you've got blinded eyes, you can't see what God is doing. Maybe you're sitting here this morning, and you still can't see what God is doing. You're blinded spiritually, and I, this morning I'll say, God, remove the veils and heal them from that snake that is spit in their eyes and return dove eyes to us. It's biblical. In the book of Song of Solomon, 5 verse 12, it says, His eyes are like dove eyes. Notice this. Your eyes are like doves. His eyes are like dove eyes by the rivers of waters washed with milk. Let me break this down for you real quick. If there is dove eyes, whose eyes are those? Holy Spirit eyes. Ephesians chapter 1, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you can see what is the hope of your calling. Enlighten our eyes. Return to me dove eyes. You can't get dove eyes unless your eyes are washed in rivers of water, washed in milk. You've been washing your eyes in milk lately? Yes. Paul said, I can't speak to you. I can't give you the solid meat of the word of God. I can only give you milk because you are babes. In 2 Peter, I think chapter 2, verse 2, he says, Desire the pure milk of the word of God. If you want dove eyes, if you want to restore your vision, if you want to see what the Holy Spirit sees, if you want to see what the Holy Spirit wants to show you, you must look at the word of God and say, Lord, wash my eyes. I come to the rivers of water so that you can wash my eyes. I only got a few more minutes. And I'm almost done. So what did they do? They clothed them, put garments back on them. And in 2 Chronicles 28, you know what the Bible says in the King James Version? What these men did? Oded said, shod their feet with shoes. Or shod their feet with sandals. You know what God said he's going to restore to you in 2020? He said, I'm going to return your walk back to you. Some of us have lost our walk and God said, I'm going to shod your feet with shoes. I'm going to restore your walk. And then some of you guys have been walking. Maybe you were walking away and God says, I'm going to put, I'm going to shod your feet and you're going to get your walk back in 2020. You're going to walk back home. Instead of walking away from God, I'm returning your walk back to you. To those that couldn't walk, he says, "We're going to carry you. We're going to put you up on a donkey." Maybe I should tell it to you in King James Version: A-double-S-S. He says, "I'm going to get you. I'm going to take the weak and the feeble among you, and I'm going to sit you on a donkey, and we're going to carry you because you're too you're too proud to admit that you're hurting and you're wounded and that you've been hurt, and you're too proud to sit on a donkey." to return but even jesus the bible says sat on a donkey he's returning dignity and authority back to you he's returning your walk back to you he's going to return everything that the enemy has tried to take you let me tell you something there is a tall lean galilean And he's here this morning to anoint your eyes so that you can see again. He's here to shod your feet so that you can walk for Jesus again. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Some of us haven't been attending to what God has put in us. Because we've been stumbling all over ourselves. God says, I'm gonna return your walk. I'm gonna return your walk back to you in 2020 those that have walked away from God you're walking back to God your children who have walked away from God they're walking back to God the Bible says that Jacob made a decision to return to the land of his fathers and God says when you return to me I will do well with you in other words I'm not going to beat you I'm not going to curse you and tell you why you went wrong and why you went bad no I'm going to clothe you and I'm going to restore you and i I'm going to put shoes back on your feet. So in 2020, I'm returning, and God is restoring. As James so beautifully said last week, I'm returning and restoring my vision in 2020. In 2020, my walk will be well. In 2020, my vision will be well. My family will be well. Somebody say it. My health will be well. My heart will be well. My liver will be well. My lungs will be well. My children will be well. My finances will be well. I will will be well in 2020 stand up to your feet the lord said i in 2020 i'm restored and returning to what you've lost what the enemy took from you i'm returning it to you i'm returning it to you there's a couple more scriptures i need to read to you but i'm done But in 2 Chronicles, chapter 28, we were just there. I need to go to my Bible so that you guys don't say I'm making this stuff up. King Ahaz was so bad. He turned away from God and started burning incense to God. And his people are being enslaved. He's so upset with God that the Bible says that during his time of trouble, during the time of his distress and his sickness, he became increasingly unfaithful. Notice that God was dealing with him. God was punishing him, disciplining him. But instead of getting more faithful to God and crying out to God, he became increasingly unfaithful. The Bible says that during his deep trial, he collapsed spiritually. You ever been there? The devil came and beat you up. And man, he gave you a diagnosis. Maybe he took something from you. And you said, what's the use in serving God? And your faith collapsed like a house of cards. See, some of us have a faith of a house of cards. The enemy comes and blows your house. You know what the Bible calls him? A sandman's faith. You have a sandman's faith. You go through trials. You go through troubles. And you increasingly become unfaithful to God. I'm not tithing to that church no more. I ain't going to respond to that altar call. I ain't going to agree with them. You become increasingly unfaithful to God. And God says, I'm restoring your faithfulness back to you. Not only that, not only did he become increasingly unfavourable. notice the last part, then he nailed, the Bible says, then he nailed the door of the temple shut. He says, I ain't going back into the church and no one else is coming back in church. He put a nail on the door and he locked everybody out. But in 2020, God says the nail scarred hand is more powerful than the doors that have been shut on you. Did you hear that? The nail-scored hand of Jesus Christ.